You're tuning into Spectre Radio, but wait, don't touch that dial, because this is Spectre Radio presents the MCU. Revisiting our favorite movie moments, debating about scenes from the shows, and combing through the comics. We're just three millennials binging our way through the MCU through the eyes of the heroes, villains, and creatures alike. I'm Wyatt. I'm Andrew. Big fan of Spider-Man. My name is Alyssa, and we are... Spectre Radio. A very strength incites challenge. Challenge incites conflict. And conflict breeds spoilers. Thank you, Vision, for the spoiler warning. Again, this podcast contains adult content and spoilers. This job. We try to save as many people as we can. Sometimes that doesn't mean everybody. But you don't give up. New York. Washington, D.C. Sokovia. Okay, that's enough. Captain, people are afraid. That's why I'm here. We need to be put in check. Whatever form that takes, I'm game. I'm sorry, Tony. If I see a situation pointed south, I can't ignore it. Sometimes I wish I could. Sometimes I want to punch you in your perfect teeth. I know we're not perfect. But the safest hands are still our own. Ready to comply. You better be ready to comply because this is Spectre Radio. Hey guys, what's <laughs> up? We are back. Wow. <laughs> Unless we're shaking her head with we disgust. Uh, that was funny. There was uh, no way I was reading that in Russian you know? because Russian language adds their own letters <laughs> and doesn't really make sense. <laughs> but welcome back to, to Spectre <laughs> Radio. Millions of Russians across the world. <laughs> hey, you just alienated our one Russian listener. Yes. <laughs> oh, crap. So, welcome back. We are kicking off phase three with Captain America Civil War. And this wouldn't be a Civil War movie without having our own resident expert, Ron Francis. Ron, welcome back. Woohoo! Cool. Ron wanted to be on this one because he knows a, li- a lot about the history of this movie, this comic book franchise as well. So love Ron, that you we... already had to correct yourself. You were like a little, I mean, a lot. He knows a lot of things. <laughs> he knows a lot. lot. He knows all he of He knows everything. <laughs> he knows everything. Anyway. I read them when they came out. <laughs> let's kick it off with the movie recap. Captain America, Civil War. Political pressure mounts to install a system of accountability when the actions of the Avengers lead to collateral damage. 
creating what the UN is calling the Sokovia Accords. The new political status quo divides the members and the, of the team. Captain America believes the Avengers should remain free to defend humanity without government interference. Iron Man sharply disagrees and supports oversight at all costs. As the debate escalates into an all-out feud, the Avengers must pick a side with a few new additions to the team. But when a bombing of the UN sets the authorities' sights on Bucky Barnes, formerly known as the Winter Soldier, the team divides even further. The authorities captured Barnes, who claims he was framed. When the person who frames him frees him while activating his Winter Soldier programming, things get even worse. Steve and Sam catch Barnes again, who claims the person framing him, Zemo, is looking for the other five Winter Soldiers hidden in Siberia. Once Stark, Rogers, and Barnes catch up to him, Zemo shows Tony the security footage of Bucky as the Winter Soldier killing his parents in 1991. Tony, overcome with anger, tries to kill Bucky, and Steve is thrown right in the middle, making Zemo the first villain to achieve his goal, the downfall of the Avengers. That Tony Stank, he needs to reel it in just a little bit. Is it a Tony Stank? <laughs> Hence, that's my name here on the chat. Yes, Andrew's name on the chat. I'm so proud. That was a very nice movie recap, as always. Thank you, Andrew, for doing that. And I'm going to go ahead and take us into our next segment of Behind the Sokovia Accords. Okay, so I'm uh, starting to reel it in here with some of these facts. Um, there are four that I have on my list, but I think I'm just going to start with two because I feel like Wyatt has the rest of them, and I don't want to <laughs> step on. I don't want to step on him. But if they don't come up, we're going to loop back around because there's one I really hope that you're going to say so I don't have to. Um, okay, so the two that I have here. Apparently, early on in the development of Captain America's Civil War, the filmmakers considered introducing Hope Van Dyne and showing her transformation into the Wasp. Mm -hmm. However, because there was so much going on in this movie, two and a half hours worth of action <laughs> that I was like struggling to keep up with. Hope's role would have been pretty much a cameo, and that would be a disservice to one of Marvel's oldest and most iconic heroes. Um, I got to meet Hope when I went to Avengers Campus, and I can't wait to tell you guys about my interaction with her because uh, there was there was no line to talk to her. Nobody wanted to talk to her, really? and I was wow. I, I can't was believe the, that I was the first one that went over there. And I won't spoil it. I'll save that because I think we're planning on doing a little episode just about Avengers Campus since I got to go. But um, I did get to meet the Wasp in her full getup. And um, she was standing on top of like this Avengers like Jeep looking thing. It was really cool. So that was super fun. Um, obviously sad we didn't get her in this movie, but knowing that behind the scenes fact, that makes a lot of sense. Mm. That's cool. And that was one of my behind the scenes facts as well. Oh, nice. <laughs> Perfect. Um, the other one I had, I was curious to learn about how they rendered a teenage Tony Stark. Um, that was created by the artists at Lola VFX using the latest digital tricks. And this company has also um, worked with Marvel before doing de-aging um, for Ant-Man when they did Michael Douglas, uh, hmm. the younger version. Ben and Colbert. they, 
Oh, right. Sure. Of course. (laughs) And um, Brad Pitt's title character in the curious case of Benjamin Button was also um, their work. So um, they didn't do a ton of CGI. It was more Photoshop, they were saying. And it was like 24 frames per second that they were just basically kind of erasing all the wrinkles (laughs) is how it was explained. All right, I'll go. I'll have my two. Um, I don't remember if we had already said this one um, in a previous Captain America pod, but Sebastian Stan is in fact Romanian. Oh, so, I didn't know that. Uh, I don't think just we did. Like, just like his um, character in oh. um, the movies was originally born in Romania, but he was like raised in Brooklyn kind of thing. Um, I think then- I, I remember that now. I don't think you ever said it, but I remember seeing a clip of him at like a Megacon like a convention and somebody in the audience asked him a question in Romanian in, in Romanian and he, and he responded like, oh, okay. and yeah. he was like oh great and they started talking and everyone was like "Ooh, yeah I think you. I saw that clip it was pretty cool yeah um, that's so, so funny I, I like that they added that um that him being Romanian um heritage in this and then this one is more of a goof I actually barely noticed it um while I was scrolling through the credits the credits actually have um, Rhodey listed as lieutenant instead of lieutenant colonel. So I guess he got a huge uh, demotion. <laughs> oh, no. So that's pretty awkward. <laughs> yeah. Like it was just like Lieutenant Rhodes. I was like, uh, no. <laughs> I was like, you're missing about four ranks there. Maybe that's you, you- how uh, what's his face got to be secretary of state, because I was like, how the F did that happen? The like universe pendulum swung and he got demoted and this guy. They call it failing upwards. Um, Right, right. Geez, not a call I would have made, but. No. Well, I have, well, I had um, the wasp supposedly, uh, she was actually in the script. Oh, wow. um, But they they took her out and aside from the reasons that, that Alyssa gave, they decided that they wanted the first time for her to put the costume on to be in an Ant-Man movie. Makes sense. Um, which does make sense if they're going to be uh, only using her for a few scenes in Civil War. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm a little bitter that they didn't have mm-hmm. everybody in Civil War, um, at least everybody that they had control of. at the I time. mean, yeah, it felt like it was almost everyone big characters in the comics for civil war that they had control of, but didn't use uh, Luke Cage and Danny Rand. They were huge in, in the, in the civil war series and Marvel kind of left them out. Mm. Um, I don't know if that had anything to do with Netflix or whatever, but I was a little disappointed about that. But the, my other um, fun fact is that Sebastian Stan and Anthony Mackie are actually really good friends in real life Uh they've done a couple other movies together and a lot of their dialogue and funny scenes between them in the movie were actually unscripted oh my god that makes so much sense like when he's like are you gonna move up your seat and he was like no and he goes i hate you (laughs) that was one of my favorite moments that made me laugh so hard (laughs) i've seen interviews between them how they just like roast tom holland so and they just do it so well i'm like i think they're friends in real life that's so cute so talking about tom holland um remember in the um the airport fight scene where he goes do you guys remember that old movie empire 
Yeah. He's talking about the 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 ad ad scene. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, before before that, he he never saw Empire Strikes Back. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Well, what's funny is Spider Man in the comics is not a Star Wars fan at all. He's a Star Trek fan, so Tom Holland did that really well. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, um. So Tony Stark remarks how attractive Aunt May is. So do you know those two actors actually had a relationship in the 90s and appeared in two other films in 92 and 94? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh. Um, oh my gosh. That is so, so funny. I didn't know that. It makes so sense the, though. Yeah. So in the film, Falcon utilizes a Falcon drone called Red Wing. In the mainstream Marvel comics, Red Wing was, actu- actu- was an actual Falcon, which was Sam Wilson's sidekick. What was that actual bird? Yeah, mm-hmm. which is only Falcon. slightly more ridiculous than having a nine-year-old boy wonder like Batman. <laughs> I liked Red Wing. Yeah, I did too. Obviously, I made but it I mean, my name today. Falcon in the, <laughs> in the comics. <laughs> I feel like that's even cooler that it would be like a real. Yeah bird that's cool i was wondering if they were going to do anything with that and i guess they settled on the drone mm. i, I wonder okay if that. they'll maybe they'll like loop back around to it now or something he's now like that you can he's, pet him. he's cute right <laughs> he likes saltines just give him a little something um, um <laughs> the, the day before filming a fight scene with robert downey jr sebastian sands sebastian stan sent him a video of himself doing an intense bicep curls in front of the, a decapitated head of Iron Man suit, he attached mm-hmm. a message saying, looking forward to our scene tomorrow, what? Robert. Yeah, I read that. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, do you have the other one about the bicep? Because now I have to step on yours. Oh, uh, is this Captain America's bicep one? <laughs> Please, Andrew, tell us. So um, he <laughs> tore a bicep doing that helicopter scene. Oh, I saw Because this. he was trying too hard. He also asked the directors if there was any reason on the planet he should be shirtless for that scene. <laughs> And they were like, we can't think of any possible reason do you, do that, you that know? could happen. And like every woman and probably about 25% of the guys watching were very disappointed. Were very upset. Do you know what Chris Evans teasingly called that scene when he was talking about it with uh, like the director's Bicep porn. Yes. Yeah. Oh, gosh. He's not wrong. <laughs> but... Um, Robert, Robert Downey Jr. actually joked about it too and said, Marvel doesn't care about your injury because of how good that shot turned out. <laughs> and I'm here to tell you, I agree with Robert Downey Jr. A <laughs> uh, couple, couple more of mine. Uh, so Chadwick Boseman underwent a vigorous training program to get him into fighting shape for the character. While admittedly, ad- admitting not a big reader of the comics as a kid, Boseman read as many comics as possible for any thing about black panther bozeman also visited south africa to better incorporate cultural aspects of the country into his role that's really cool especially considering he wasn't even going to be in costume in the movie and it was because Mm. they didn't think they would get spider-man that they rewrote it and put him in as black panther and Mm. then they got spider-man and they were like what are we doing (laughs) <laughs> a, a cool thing I love about the Black Panther is that even when he's not in in his suit, he one time where he gets blown back, he lands just like the way he would when he was in his suit. Mm-hmm. So there's all these little details about it. That's Such what happens when you have the best training on the planet. Right. Such a and poser. the heart shaped herb. 
Yeah. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. I need me some of that. Honestly. I like what he said um, about the, uh, you know, death is not the end, the stepping off point. And it, you, you reach out and you touch the arms of, he mentioned two, um, those were Egyptian, uh, ancient Egyptian deities, mm. um, Bastin oh, and right. Sekhmet. So that was really cool. I was like, oh, okay, so that's very cultural, handed down throughout the yeah, generations. African. I liked that. Absolutely love that. Very easy to forget that Egypt is in Africa. Yeah, because it's a continent. (laughs) So there's the connection. Yeah. Yeah, that's Um, great. Two more of mine. So Spider, as as we talked about earlier, Spider Man was nearly removed from this film, as Sony Pictures originally rejected Marvel's proposal to allow them a cut of the profit if they could pull Spider Man over. But Sony Corporation expressed disappointment in the financial returns and a critical reception of the amazing Spider-Man series and decided to negotiate a deal again. Mm. So we were very close to not getting. And then a couple of years after that, they took him back for like a week. (laughs) And everyone on the internet freaked out and then they let him back. (laughs) And last one, I kind of ragged on John Slattery a little bit in a previous podcast who plays Mm -hmm. uh, Howard Stark. Mm-hmm. But John Slattery is only two years and seven months older than Robert Downey Jr. Yep. Wow. That's crazy, right? Cool. With that, we're going to move it along. Today's going to look a little bit different because of our guest. Um, we have changed our last topic to kind of cater to him. So we're going to go into best and worst. Um, my best, I loved that we had the gigantic title card showing where we were in the movie. Yes. Because this movie jumped around. A lot. Yes, and the years too was really helpful. Mm-hmm. That was nice. Um, that's funny because that's something that I made fun of. I mean, I'm glad it was clear, but I was like, <laughs> it's clear for blind people who aren't even watching the TV. <laughs> oh, <laughs> excuse us. Not everybody's a world traveler like Mr. Andrew and Contrera over here. You go to three countries. I'm nothing <laughs> compared to Uncle Ron. <laughs> I'm only um, a ten. Only a ten. Zero. Um, I'm the least traveled of everyone here. <laughs> For now. Um, I, I loved how this movie was character-driven versus mm. plot-driven. Because mm. the plot sucked. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Oh, shoot. <laughs> With the hot takes today, it's going to be Uncle Ron. <laughs> <laughs> I Go warm up my your power. popcorn, everyone. <laughs> um, and I could go on and on about this movie. Uh, my final best is that so the scene where um, where Tony meets Peter, um, the scene where he says, um, I'm going to sit here, so can you move that leg? Mm-hmm. That was ad-libbed because Tom forgot the staging of that scene and forgot to move his leg. So Robert had to tell him, hey, move your leg and Tony's voice, <laughs> but it worked, it stuck, and they kept it in. So just little... Little snippets like that that aren't scripted but make That's it into so the movie funny. are really, really cool. I like when great. actors can keep up with that and just bounce off each other like that. Yeah, that's, that's, that's cool. cool. Well, funny, um, how, uh, when Paul Rudd hands Captain America the shield and he's like, this belongs to you, Captain America. That actually was scripted. <laughs> I totally thought that was Paul Rudd. I have good. to say, it totally sounds like Ant-Man because out of all the characters I met, at Avengers campus, he was like the most regular guy. He was like, so what's your name? Where are you from? And I was like, I'm sorry, what is happening right now? I wanna talk (laughs) about the pin particle and other things. 
and we're making small talk like this is a networking event. I'm very confused. Mm. It was really funny. He was he was great. I'll save the rest of that. I'm trying to save it. So <laughs> let's go around the table with our best, and then we can loop back with our worst. So Ron, what what were some of your best from this movie? Well, the thing I liked about the movie, and it's really a dichotomy for me because overall I couldn't stand Civil War, but the airport scene is like one of my favorite comic book movie scenes of all time. Probably top two or three easily. Yeah. Um, that was so well done. Mm. And the way that they used the characters and the way that the characters were kind of like true to their uh, quippiness or, or their rigidness or, or whatever it was, um, they, they all were completely in character. Um, the comedy was there. The action was amazing. It was shot really well. Mm. And uh, so that was easily the best part of the movie for me. It's, in fact, when I occasionally replay that movie, I only play that scene. Yeah, I think we all agreed about that in the chat. Why you were even saying that. Yeah. No, um, I mean, when I, when I got there, I'm like, holy cow, I forgot how intense this was. Mm. The, the worst for me were the giant plot holes. I mean, just the, the <laughs> plot hole in... Uh, in Tony Stark's character, where he clearly knows the guy was brainwashed, but he's still going to kill him for, for killing his parents. That's a huge plot hole. That's a character plot hole. Mm -hmm. And I know if you're upset enough, you can do things out of character. But that's like if Winter Soldier had murdered Stark's parents 30 years earlier and he was in his right mind, that's a lot different than... right being brain controlled and start knowing he was brain controlled yeah and beating the crap out of somebody is different than literally shooting missiles at someone and bringing an entire complex down on all three of them that's a it's way different i was just gonna say it felt like that common movie trope of like if you just had one more nugget of information the rest of this conflict would not happen <laughs> <laughs> the other the other plot hole was that randomly in the 70s there's a security video in the woods in the, the woods yes um, dude i've been ranting about that for so really? long and we're finally here <laughs> it's like as when that happened i was like this movie sucks so hard i felt like marvel just said if we put all these characters in a movie we're gonna make a billion dollars and we don't have to do anything else and, and they were right but in all fairness <laughs> they like, didn't do anything else in though. all fairness almost any movie with robert downey jr most of his lines are unscripted and everyone else is bouncing off they just need to barely write like an outline for what they need True. scenes to do and just call it a day so so i'll agree with you um on that um for sure i so i i did like this movie but i my worst I have more worsts than I do um, bests. The best that I have for them, I love. Like I, I wouldn't trade this movie, even with its flaws. Um, for my best, obviously the the comedy was was good. It wasn't too much because this needed to be a serious movie, and it was. Um, the amount of characters we were introduced was really cool, especially because we thought there was no shot that we were getting Spider Man because he was not in the trailers. He was not in the posters. <laughs> Um, because it this was is, such a uh, secret. This is what gives me hope for No Way Home that we're getting all three Spider-Man. Exactly. I'm just saying. Um, literally, like the airport scene when they're all lined up, they have half of the characters photoshopped <laughs> out because they weren't announced yet. So that was super cool. Um, except for what Uncle Ron said about the giant plot hole with Tony's character. 
for most of the movie, it was very character driven, like Wyatt said, and it was fantastically done in my opinion. Um, Zemo was an excellent villain. If you really think about it, he was like the only villain who actually set out and accomplished what he set out to do. Now he didn't kill himself and the Avengers didn't technically kill each other, but he didn't actually say he wanted them dead, dead. He said he wanted an empire to fall. So, you know, that was pretty cool. And like, you even like the guy, like he does that Mm -hmm. stuff and you even like the guy. Um, And like the better in the TV show. Yeah. Obviously. Yes. He was much cooler in the TV show. Um, Even when Rhodey gets hit, and he falls and he's paralyzed. And the first like six times I watched this, my heart literally drops when he hits the ground. Like there's always like this little bit of hope that they're going to catch him, even though I know he's going to be paralyzed. That was so well done that like, as horrible as this sounds, that was a good scene. Sorry, Rhodey. Um, <laughs> um, so yeah. Haven't we so, called you Rhodey a few times? Are you apologizing uh-huh. to yourself? I, I, I am. And you have, <laughs> and I'm totally okay with that because Don Cheadle's awesome. So the, the funny thing about that scene or the interesting thing about that scene, I should say, is that in, in the comic books, um, because Thor and Asgard were like in the middle of Ragnarok and he mm-hmm. wasn't part of Civil War, Stark had created a Thor clone. Oh. And uh, the Thor clone wasn't powerful enough, so Stark upgraded him with cybernetics. So he was what? like a cyborg Dang. Thor clone. Wow. And the cyborg Thor clone went crazy and killed um goliath the uh bill foster version the, the black guy from ant-man 2 oh the one yeah they were talking yeah, about who can grow he bigger. was on team cap um in what yeah. they were calling the secret avengers mm. and uh the cyborg thorn killed him and i thought it was like an interesting um parallel in that vision being like the you know artificial life form um shoots you know roadie he doesn't kill him but it's like you know you know injuring him badly and that was kind of like a turning point in both the movie and in the series that is really cool the avengers campus it Mm. totally holds up to how it looks in real life it was really cool it was really cool to like go there and then watch this movie right after that um and like the quinjet and everything i was like oh it's the same i want want a quinjet it just sat there the whole time and like it doesn't move obviously but (laughs) um it was really cool it was great um the other notes i had here charlie spencer's mom i thought that plot point was really cool Mm -hmm. um and really like interesting that this woman went to such lengths to have this small conversation with Tony Stark. Like think about the strings she had to pull or the money she had to spend or whatever she had to do to get to that location, to be backstage at a Tony Stark speaking event. Mm-hmm. Like she had to at do a college. Yeah. Right. She had to do a lot, I'm sure. And obviously she was very motivated. Um, oh yeah. The amount of grief that that poor woman was going through, like, like how much grief do you have to go through to hate the person who saved your life like four times? Like, yeah, I, I obviously get what, you know, I understand, but it's like, it just shows like, yeah, I feel bad. And her, her script was like just impeccable. It was perfect. Like the, all the words she said about the correlation between generosity and guilt. I was like, Ooh, get them, get them. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> she's got your number, man. Like that was really great. Um, 
And I love, I love that actress. She did a phenomenal job. She's been great in every movie I've ever seen her in. She's amazing. The next thing I had was the diversity. Um, and this movie was actually pretty good in terms of like the teams that we got, like six versus six. It was a pretty even matchup between like women and people of color. It wasn't just like a bunch of white men for once. So that was kind of nice. Mm. That it was like, oh, we have like five diverse people in a group of like 12. That's pretty good. That's almost 50-50. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, go Marvel. Like they're all, they've always been like that. We're so that's there. cool. Um, the plot twists, as much as they, you know, were obviously not driving the movie. Um, obviously, like the big plot twists of like Black Widow, like turning teams and like Bucky killing the Starks as the Winter Soldier. Like I thought that made the movie way more interesting and they weren't necessarily things that you see coming. Um, so I thought that that made the movie really great. And the last two points I have are kind of similar. So Cap returning the favor and pulling Bucky from the river. I thought that was a really nice full circle moment. Mm. And I thought one of the morals of this movie was um, what makes superheroes so great and super is when they go into danger, when they're unarmed, when they're not in uniform and they're doing it not necessarily to just help their friends, but also just to help people. And I thought that was really profound at the very end of the film when Cap goes to rescue all of them from the prison. He's not there as Cap. He's there as Steve. He's in mm. his street clothes. So I thought that was kind of like making that point for you in a way um, and saying like anybody can be a hero. I mean, he's a super soldier genetically at the end of the day, but like him as a person was there to rescue his friends, to rescue these people and not as Captain America. All right, let's go down the tube with our worst. Down the tube. Um, tube. um, I wasn't a fan of our seven-minute villain crossbones in the beginning of the movie. Why? Um, You just kill off the villain in the the, um, um, Sokovia. Wasn't that crossbones? I said why, not who. Why Why were you not a fan? Uh, I'm sorry, that's what I was asking. Because we have this badass-looking villain and seven minutes later, he's gone. He's you know not who like, that is, right? Yeah, I know. I know exactly okay. who that is. Okay. It just, you know, oh, he blew up in the building. Okay, that's the end of him. Yeah, that's um, true. The van that blew up at the UN meeting. How wasn't that checked before going into a populated area? Like, are they usually bomb do- dogs or crews that check? They're Everything usually a before. couple miles away from something as important yeah. as that. Instead of him just finding it literally seconds before it blew. Um, which yeah. makes me think whether they were waiting longer to blow it, whether they had to blow it then because it was it was just found. Yeah. Either way, um, I also didn't like how Spider-Man was an add-on character in this movie. You could tell it was just kind of thrown in there last minute. All of a sudden, we get a, got the rights to him. All of a sudden, we just get a cutaway, and we're in Queens. I loved that part. I know, I know that made um, comic book fans very happy because it was official oh, yeah. that, that that he was in it. But I just didn't like how it was. It was, it was very abrupt. There was no like lead up into it. it just oh, hey, he's he's on the on the team fighting with, um, fighting with Tony. To each his own. Um. And he kind of took over the plot at that point, and it was like all Spider-Man. 
A little bit. And what's cool about this movie between Spider-Man and Black Panther is that they're they're both kind of not fighting. How do I describe this? They're not fighting for the same causes that the other guys are. Because all the other Avengers are fighting either against or for the Accords. Um, Black Panther's fighting for his father. Mm -hmm. And um, Peter's just there because Tony's there. I got to impress Mr. Stark. And and Tony's fighting for his father, so... Uh, yeah, yeah, and Tony's fighting for his father. <laughs> well, he he's also yeah. fighting to save Bucky, too. Yeah. Right, right. He's fighting true. to save Bucky and stop five people who are worse than Bucky from doing whatever the crap they're going to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And to me, it seems like Captain and Tony are on the wrong sides. I feel like they're the way their characters have developed through the past 13 movies, you would figure that Cat will be on the side of government control and Tony would be more spirited and more freed because that's the way he is. So it that's was where weird. Gonna, that's where I'm going to disagree with you. That And that's fine. It just, yeah. it seemed weird because that's, to me, that's how their characters develop into. And then I see him do not, a, not a complete 180, but more of like a 90 degree turn. Mm-hmm. They're moving away. In my opinion, they're moving away from where they started in their first movies. Like Cap started becoming a free agent the second he said, let's nuke S.H.I.E.L.D. and drop three helicarriers into the Potomac. True. Right. Um, Tony, you know, when he found out that his company was double dealing under the table, he stopped. stopped He stopped doing that. And he's he's been more of a team player, you know, leading up movie by movie. and especially, so I, I might agree with you on Tony's part, but definitely not on, on Cap's part. I think the only reason Tony is as hardcore for um, oversight now is because he was literally hit in the face with um, that Charles Spencer death. And like, he found out what a good kid this was, you know, trying to put some miles on his soul, building affordable, sustainable housing in Sokovia. Mm-hmm. Um, so for, for Cap, or for Tony rather, I might agree with you. But Cap is like, the two of them are going in complete opposites from what they were. You know, one was a soldier, one was a free agent. They're going complete opposites and they're becoming what each other was, in my opinion. Like now Cap's all for, you know, being independent, like what Tony used to be. You know, we're giving up our right to choose if we sign this. So, and I, and I, I think Tony's just, just guilt-ridden. Like more right. than he can spend, clearly, as the conversation went. But so, I also feel like like Tony would be the first person to break the law of the Accords as mm-hmm. soon as he wanted to do something that the government wouldn't let him do. Oh, uh, I would say second it. after Cap, but in general, yes. So I just had a couple of uh, worsts. I know we talked about it again, but hello, random security camera in the forest in 1991. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. He's not giving this up. I, I will never give it up. Um, nope, so I looked neither. around, there were no buildings and like deeper in the forest, there was nothing. It was just forest. It was just trees. Um, <laughs> so Zemo somehow knew the exact time that, well, Zemo somehow knew the exact time of several things. Let's start in order. Um, he somehow knew when that um, delivery van was going to get to the power outlet place. The, um, the, and I'm sorry, as a delivery person, I've never waited like 30 or 40 minutes for somebody. Absolutely not. I'm, I'm calling you. If you don't call by, if you don't answer by like the second, you know, time I'm calling you, I'm out three, five minutes. So no. Um, 
and because he had no idea how long it was going to take them to capture Bucky and this and that. So that, that was just no. Secondly, he somehow knew the exact time that Tony was going to catch up with them in Siberia and just, just ready for that. No. Um, so Ross is a not great character. Um, but even him not listening to Tony at the end was absolutely ridiculous. Good He's like, you think I would old. listen to you now? Well, you're not listening to me. You're listening to an upload from the German police department. They sent me all of this stuff. So you're not listening to a country and you work for the UN and the US. So no, ridiculous. And to <laughs> the Avengers had no regard for that airport's well-being at all. Right? <laughs> like Tony's firing missiles and like you can like there's plenty of space to fire missiles to where it blows nothing up except like the ground. He's literally blowing up small planes and, and minivans. I'm like, that's not a water truck. I thought it was a water truck. <laughs> At least he brought that from home. He wasn't blowing up somebody else's stuff. And then Wanda, I was like, good God. I was like, how would I feel if that was my car? Like, she's just throwing these cards at Tony. He's like, oh, oh God. Uh. Yeah, which was obviously like literally the whole point of the UN being like, so we're going to have to like put a leash on this. And then they, and then Reel team, she know team that Stark. Not occupied. <laughs> exactly. Like somebody could have been in there, but like team Stark completely goes against the whole Sokovia Accords by look what vision did to that friggin' air traffic control tower or whatever. It was. Right. I was just like, <laughs> okay, they're going to be okay with this in the UN. So was anyone else uh, triggered by the words infectious disease unit or just me? Because yeah. I knew you, and the second I saw that, I'm like, Alyssa's going to have a lot to say about this. It's like uh, PTSD every time I hear the word quarantine or anything. I'm like, I can't wait to have kids so I can be like, back in my day, we had an infectious disease. And hopefully back, that'll be gone by then, guys. Back in 2020, in 1918, right. and right. 1605. Right. I think we'll be up to COVID-23 by then. Oh, Jeez. yeah, probably. Um, here's a trope that you guys didn't cover yet. You've all had really good unanswerable questions. Um, I thought Wakanda was a secret. Why would the king go on the news and be like, hi, I'm the king of this country that no one can locate. And I'm here at the United Nations because uh, these people killed a bunch of people in Nigeria, which is not Wakanda. And... Um, Wakanda isn't real. Don't come visit us. The end. I don't. I no, don't it's really... not. It's not so much a secret. It's as their um, level of development but it, is but a secret. It is a secret. It's a literally. You can't visit it. You have to fly through this like secret thing. Remember? You have it's to like fly hidden. through the secret thing to get to the hidden part. There is like a plain pastures part of the country that people part can actually. Okay. Nobody okay. would actually go there because there's like you're going to poverty basically. That's, got it okay so yeah i know it's it's kind of weird um <laughs> it just doesn't and then he's like for me. a broke country he like shows up in these really nice suits i'm like wow is that well, all of the money the your country he is have? the king yeah i know but it's, right. it's, it's i get what you're saying though yeah it's, it's, I was it's like, iffy it's iffy. this is a little weird like a public declaration like at the united nations the entire world's eyes are on you and in like, fairness he was protesting because um what's it called? Wakandans were killed in Nigeria. Right. Right. So I know I it's not, that. Yeah. but also like if you're the King, couldn't you manipulate it to be that you're not involved and like make somebody else? I don't know. Anyway, I just thought that was confusing. And I was like, isn't this kind of supposed to be a secret? Like, I don't, anyway, 
It's a good point. Um, yep. Uh, the UN would be able to hold Thor and Hulk, LOL. Um, that makes no sense. <laughs> yeah. um, it was like, well, good luck. they're obviously like, we're going to sign all this paperwork. And then they literally like throw everything out the window anyway. Even if they would have signed, I don't think anyone would have listened or gone along with what they said. So um, I've said this before. I'm saying it again. The disguise outfits are terrible. Get a new job oh, here, with the, Andrew, the with this ball and cap and the aviators. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they literally, Sam and Steve, show up in the exact same outfit. From and Winter Soldier. Both yeah. on the run. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? What <laughs> make, are you doing? I think they make fun of it in Ant-Man The too. only one who shows up, like, undercover is Sharon. And she looks like a normal person on the street and throws a file their way. And I'm like, that doesn't look suspicious. Can we talk a about for a quarter folder? of a second how she's getting more attractive appearance oh, in Marvel by appearance? I opened it up. <laughs> Uh, the one thing I didn't like in the movie was her hair. It was very distracting that she had like two curly pieces and the rest was straight. And when she talked, the curly pieces would like move. I didn't like it. I was. I like, agree. She was very <laughs> distracting. <laughs> distracting. Um, also, her kiss with Steve, not a fan, but I think it's only now that I don't like it because I know what happens in the ending of everything. Well, most timeline. people when this movie came out weren't a fan of it as it was. I was okay with it i did you know because i I still love what he has with peggy that's why obviously you think you're cat no i i think that what he had with peggy Uh uh-huh i feel is more important keep digging the hole Um, (laughs) what hole (laughs) when he went back in time did he like tell peggy that he made out with her right thank you uncle ron that's gotta be so awkward when he went back in time and married her did he say hey by the way you were actually supposed to marry somebody else that i saved but screw that and those kids you had oh ouch (laughs) did he say hey um, (laughs) and 9-11 i'm not going to say anything about and jfk assassination i'm not going to say anything about and i could have stopped the coronavirus yeah, jerk. <laughs> so like there were definitely some plot holes that don't which were not even in that movie um that i don't think are true to steve's character that we'll get to when we do that movie yeah the last also, one i oh sorry go ahead <laughs> i was gonna say also what bugged me is like when black panther suddenly shows up with tony stark and his group of avengers where's the dora milaje thank mm. you their king is about to go into combat against other super-powered people and like the badass ninja women of wakanda are nowhere to be seen badass ninja women that's an excellent description they have a show at the avengers campus and at the end when they leave the head person whatever i don't think she ever says her name uh but she says that she has to go because the king t'challa has been on his own for where way too long since they've been gone and that only means trouble for everyone else, not for mm. her. So she's got to mm. go bail him out of whatever trouble he's in. So that's always <laughs> funny. Uh, but yeah, the ninja women, I like it. Um, Isn't she in The Walking Dead? Yep. I think she's um, she's the chick with the sword. With yeah. the long hair, yep. Mm-hmm. Don't they all have swords? No, not in The Walking Dead. I don't know, in The I Walking Dead specifically. <laughs> I've seen a couple <laughs> episodes. I was like, ah! A lot of them have guns, um, (laughs) which would probably be a little more smart to be distant. Hmm. (laughs) 
Um, my last one I had was me agreeing with Iron Man. There were points where I agreed with him in this movie and I was like, I don't like this feeling. This is new. Not a, not a fan of agreeing with Tony Stark. It, um, I agreed with the point where he's like, if we don't do this, they're going to do it to us. That's kind of right. the point I but agree There were with. several ones where I was like, don't like this. Um, and by the way, uh, the mom's name, the actress is Alfre Woodard. And I was right. She was the mom from Scrooge. And that's why I love her. So (laughs) (laughs) got to show off my movie trivia there. But um, yeah, agreeing with Iron Man, a new feeling that I'm not uh, welcome to. (laughs) (laughs) All righty. So moving on to our next category of alter egos. So again, like Wyatt said, we're doing it kind of out of order. Um, So for Alyssa, I definitely had her as uh, Black Widow because um, she was technically on both sides the whole time. Uh, oh, wow. <laughs> she was. That's not a compliment. <laughs> In this movie, yes, it is. Just a disclaimer, Consider- I do not bat for both teams. <laughs> okay, there's that. Um, there's that. Um, no, like <laughs> neither person in this movie was 100% right but she backed both people that she cared about and she backed both, you know, the, the moral sides of the issue. She backed people, not, yeah, the, exactly. not what I cared right, about. Right. And, and so, and you know, if that's not a compliment, I don't, I don't know what it is. Right. So <laughs> I I'm having it as a compliment. It may not be being received. No, it is. You're fine. Um, <laughs> so, and the fact that um, T'Challa knew like when his bodyguard was like moved or you will be moved. And he knew that's not quite how that was going to work out between the two of them. So that's kind of the faith that I have in Alyssa. So <laughs> if she meets a challenge of similar proportion and someone thinks they're just going to steamroll over her, I'm just going to be like, <laughs> good luck. So for Wyatt, I have you as uh, Tony. Tony Stank. Tony Stank. <laughs> Honestly, that's personally the the side of the issue I see you taking. Oh, um, that's not that's not something that I'm like jabbing <laughs> at you with. Face, he's like, are you are you not agreeing with that? Hmm. Go on. <laughs> do you not believe in like for certain things? Do you not believe in appropriate government oversight for certain issues, especially if those issues were the equivalent of thirty megaton nukes? But define appropriate though, like complete control or I well they, they didn't really go into that much issue for the for the accords. Um and they said right. they could be amended. Um you also would rather have something like that partial you having partial control over rather it being done to you personally. Yeah. So that that was just and I've always and I've usually had you as Iron Man for these, so I'm right. trying to also stick to that trope. Um, <laughs> so um, that's kind of you know how I saw you uh, for that. Okay. Um, this is one of the first ones that I'm actually going to have Captain America for myself. Um, <gasps> whatever. Gasp. Wow. What do you mean? Whatever. whatever. Andrew clutched his pearls when he said that. I, I did. I did. <laughs> did. I did. Well. <laughs> but you guys have called me Captain America. I generally it's, haven't called. It's myself. different when you call yourself it. I'm proud it's of very... you for calling yourself Captain America because whatever. you deserve. Because I'm to getting call very mixed that. reviews on this right now. Why? Explain. Uh, that. So. He was driven by emotion in this movie too. I feel like he potentially would have signed on the dotted line had Peggy's um, death not happened right then. And 
um, her niece not giving that speech, you know, it's your job to tell people, you know, when something's wrong, no, you move. So I think mm-hmm. that was kind of like the deciding thing for him, much like um, Charlie Spencer's mother was the deciding factor for Tony. Right. Um, so I, I personally think that if I was in that situation, I probably would lean the same way. Um, okay. Especially when he's like trying to back up Wanda. Uh, side note, him being like, she's a kid and she's like in her 20s, but Peter's a kid and he's like bashing him in the face with his shield. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. I was like, oh, not, 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 a, not a great look. And uh, for Uncle Ron, I have General Ross. Just kidding. I'm kidding. <gasps> oh my god! <laughs> I'm totally kidding. Thunderbolt Ross. I mean, he does have a cool name, Thun- Thunderbolt Thaddeus Ross. That's kind of a cool name. Um, no, personally, I had you. <laughs> I had you as Ant Man. Oh, because you like had to joke around. You do like to joke around. He did wake up and he was like, "What time zone is this?" <laughs> Although you have experience in traveling abroad, so you'd be like, "I know exactly what time zone this is." Oh um, he was the one who generally had the most shocking and fantastic like ability, like like Tony said, like when he like grew super, you know, super tall. So you are our shocking and fantastic ability for this podcast with your knowledge for the Civil War. Aww. So we're Aww. going with that. And your sense of humor to me has always been somewhat similar to uh, to Ant Man's. So. Mm-hmm. Thanks, man. You're welcome. So two out of three of you are okay with my verdict. Great. <laughs> <laughs> what else is new? Yeah. Oh no. Okay, so College radio. I decided to offend everyone because I was yes, like, I am it. not going to pick. I'm not going to pick Iron Man or Captain America for the two that have always been Iron Man and Captain America because I'm tired of picking the same damn characters. And we had 90 bajillion people to pick from in this movie. Yeah, yeah we did. So I'm going to get it out of the way and say that Uncle Ron is actually Iron Man. Thank you very much. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Because of the personality, the way you communicate, your sarcasm at times, your sense of humor, and he fiercely loves his family. I feel like all of that is Uncle Ron. So there you go. Um, So that is Iron Man. You're very welcome. Um, So for Andrew. There we go. (laughs) I had (laughs) Spider-Man. I said fun-loving would be starstruck as well to see your heroes in real life and mm-hmm. adorable. All of those things Aww. are Andrew. <laughs> You're also very like proficient with technology like he is. And there's there's probably a lot more I could say. You've wore the Spider-Man suit before, didn't you? Uh, I used to, to like have a con one, yeah. or something. Yeah, I used to so have one. Yeah. you could pull it off. You got it. You got it. And uh, here's where I lose Wyatt as a friend and a family member. Oh boy. Um, I, <laughs> and hear me out, please. Maybe Thaddeus Thunderbolt Ross. Thaddeus Thunderbolt Ross. Thaddeus Thunderbolt Ross. I have Wyatt as Zemo. Oh. Um, <laughs> he's like, what the hell? Um, okay, so cunning and tactical. Uh, a deep thinker who doesn't show his cards. Obsessed with Ultron. Okay. okay. That that tracks. Slash vengeance with Ultron and uh, tactical mastermind and the good side that we know of, like he's actually a good bad guy in the end. 
he did murder some people, but you know, <laughs> it's for did, a good cause. He did it out of love. So there's that. I don't know. That was it. Was really hard. I I that was all I got. <laughs> Dang. Yeah, and for me, probably Wanda because um, in this movie, I could totally relate to how people were like trying to control her and vision was like, you can't leave. And Tony was like, I'm protecting you. And uh, she finds her voice in this movie. She flies in this movie for the first time. Right. I don't think she flew in the last movie. I like, don't believe like so, legitimately no. like powered off the ground. I was like, Oh my God, she's cool. finding her powers in more ways than one. And she's finally doing what's best for her and like putting herself first and thinking about herself instead of like other people which is probably good because when she does think about other people, she kills a bunch of people on accident. So there's that. I'll go. Uh, I guess one thing I've learned is I need to be meaner with these. Take picks. it away, Zemo. I go. <laughs> I called you I Iron to, Man. That's a great compliment. I but look what Alyssa just called me. Okay, fair. Look what Alyssa just called me. I'm going to go kill uh, a bunch of people now. Wow. I need, to, I need to redo these because I don't like them now. You see what you did? Anyway. You see what you did, Alyssa? I, I, he probably had a perfectly nice one lined up for me. And Uncle Ron. Uh-huh. <sighs> anyway, Alyssa, I have you as vision. <laughs> Again. <laughs> wow, you uh, you crippled the war veteran. Good job. Wanda <laughs> vision. Um, because you're a cool, calculated, reason on the side of caution, and a snazzy, dress, snazzy Ooh, dresser. Oh, a snazzy dresser? I never wow. get that compliment. That's pretty cool. <laughs> um, Andrew, I also had you as Spider-Man. Oh! Boom! Two for two. Yes. You know, his quote is, I'm just I'm just a kid from Queens. You always say you're just a kid from Stan Island. <laughs> um, I love that part too. Side note, when um, Spider-Man and Cap were like, oh, where are you from? And he's like, Brooklyn. And it's like, ah, oh, Queens. That was cool. They're best friends. Um, and side note, you're always talking during the worst times. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I would definitely talk during a fight. For yes, sure. I can attest to that. Thanks, Uncle Ron. <laughs> <laughs> um ron i had you as hawkeye Ooh, Ooh. i like um, that i forgot he was in this movie ex- so <laughs> same wow um, and I was so, like, wait a second was he in oh yeah he showed up halfway through so for the reason you enter you enter the quote-unquote party at the perfect timing he entered this movie at a perfect timing mm. Um, and you would come out of retirement to kick some ass. Oh, hell yeah. Totally would. That's good. That yeah, was good. And I need a knee replacement first, but I'm <laughs> <it> totally <laughs> um, And myself, I struggled with myself quite a bit on this. Um, I'm just going to put Bucky. Okay. Really? Not Zemo? I'm offended. No, get out of here. I actually have um, you with Bucky. Oh, oh. Yeah. validated ron why don't you you take it away and, oh and finish God. this off with yours all right well i, I have I have you as bucky okay because i feel between you and and Alyssa and andrew you're you're misunderstood yes bucky was yes i movie. am thank you i'm about sure. to be replaced on this podcast permanently <laughs> sure. by uncle ron i can agree that why it's misunderstood i guess but, but ultimately <laughs> he's he's still a good guy mm. Um, and Andrew, I have as uh, Falcon, which works because they're good friends in real life, um, mm-hmm. like you guys. But uh, in the movies, Falcon is very loyal to to Steve, and, and mm-hmm. Andrew is very loyal to his friends. 
And Alyssa I have is Shannon Carter because, which I feel bad about now because he said he didn't like her in the movie. But I didn't like her hair. the only one of the four of us that I can see <laughs> kissing Captain America. Oh, uh, yes! Woo! <laughs> hey, at least you got that. That's pretty cool. And also, she did what she thought was right, even though she knew it was going to cost her. Mm. She knew she was going to get in trouble for giving up the shield and, and the uh, Falcon gear, and she did it anyway. That is true. So, that's it. I will take it. Thank you. <laughs> okay, if we are good with that, unless Wyatt wants to whine and cry some more. Wow. Then wow. we can move on to our our final segment that is special for our guests called Ask the Expert. Uh-oh. So I don't know how many questions we were gonna pepper you with. At least 20 each. I mean, wow. I wrote down a lot of them. I think some of them are a little uh rhetorical. I almost said historical, and then I was like, that's not the word I want. That's not the word. <laughs> rhetorical. Um, so I have like three serious questions and maybe like one funny one. So I'll start with my funny one and you guys can feel free to chime in too. Is Bucky losing his arm? Like another star Wars reference, do we think or what? Because of how much Sebastian Stan looks like Luke Skywalker, um, hmm. that the internet has said. They needed to cast him as Luke Skywalker and they get did it over it. with. They did it like right after the Ada joke thing. So I was like mm-hmm. on edge thinking about star wars anyway that was rhetorical um (laughs) so i'm i would love to hear this about how bucky has this like selective memory because he you know has these moments where he's not there and he can't control what's happening and he doesn't remember everything but he remembers part of the things that happen he remembers everybody that he's killed can you expand a little bit about like the connection between Bucky and the winter soldier and how that switch off kind of works. Well, I think uh, when you're dealing with, with brainwashing, um, you know, and, and obviously the forms of mind control that they used on Bucky in the movies don't really exist in real life, but when you're uh, deprogramming people who have been brainwashed, um, they don't always remember everything. They remember certain things and then other things start to kind of like bleed through at various points and they don't know necessarily when it's going to happen, but eventually it happens. And I think that's basically what, what Bucky was going through is the mind control was broken, but there were still so many memories that he didn't either fully have or partially have, or, you know, maybe he just remembered names from a list, but he didn't remember actually doing the deed um and so he's trying to figure out it's like someone you know when they uh, when they're drugged and they lose time mm. um that's a good know, analogy trying to figure out when, what happened and, and right. what did they do and what was done to them right so. yeah okay i think that makes sense that's a yeah. really good analogy um is this a beetlejuice type thing with the uh chant that's happening where he has to say all these words like is it an unbroken kind of thing because like if he gets interrupted does he have to start over with all of the uh russian that they're saying in order to turn him into the winter soldier because it kind of feels like that because he gets like partway into it and he's like don't stop please make it stop and then like by the end of the chant or the incantation or the i don't even know what it's called the hypnosis 
he's, you know, fully ready to comply. So it kind of made me think of like Beetlejuice, because if you get interrupted, then you got to start over. <laughs> I, I don't know if that's the case. Um, you know, I don't even remember Winter Soldier being in the Civil War comic book. He, huh. he might have been, but if he was, I don't think he was. But if he was, it was a very small part. Interesting. We'll have to just let like wind you up and let you go and, and <laughs> share, <laughs> share about it then. Um, my last question was, if you think, uh, if Hulk and Thor were in this movie, do you think they would have been on the same team or different teams or what teams or sides do you think Hulk and Thor would have been on? Well, oh, Hulk gosh. would have been on uh, Black Widow's side. <laughs> right, but then she switched sides, so. <laughs> um, and Thor would have been on uh, Captain America's side because Thor warned Tony about Ultron before. Him. Oh, yeah. And Ultron was ultimately the reason for the Sokovia Accords. Basically. Right, right. But Thor would have been all about, like, I told you so, because we all know Thor's not above that. No, that's true. <laughs> well, yeah, he is a god, so. I feel like Hulk would just be smashing just to smash. I don't think he'd be fighting his side. He'd just be tearing through the airport. <laughs> Probably. Just throwing, throwing tankers and planes and... <laughs> Taken so on hit him, though, he gets the, mad and hits back. Yeah, taking right. on the giant Ant-Man. Oh, gosh, that would have been hilarious. <laughs> right? A um, couple of mine. Um, how did Cap know that Bucky killed Tony's parents? They, they don't ever, I don't think they ever really explained that. Um, so I'm going to jump in briefly. Um, in Winter Soldier, when they meet um, Zola's algorithm, mm -hmm. Um, in that military base in New yeah, Jersey, yeah. and they start show he starts showing different things that Hydra is responsible for, including assassinations. Um, they were he he didn't say it was done by the Winter Soldier, but it was kind of like implied that the Winter Soldier was doing these things. So I I think that's when he he found out. Did he specifically mention the Starks in that little? Um, they showed um, the Starks' death. They showed the newspaper of uh, Tony Stark's parents' death okay. in the same conversation, talking about Hydra and the Winter Soldier's um, involvement in that. I didn't remember that part from Civil War because I was wondering as well. I was like, how did Cap know? Right. I thought maybe because he spent so much time in that bunker that mm -hmm. he had found it, but they just never said it. Uh, question number two, Spider-Man question. Does Uncle Ben exist in this universe? Well, he's still dead. Right, so. but did he? <laughs> yes. yes. Yes, he did. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, that was quick. Then my last one. <laughs> Sorry. Not funny. Why, why do you think Hawkeye is team cap? Because Hawkeye had a special relationship, not in a weird way, with Wanda. Mm. And... Wanda was kind of being held against her will by Vision and Iron Man. Mm -hmm. So when Cap suggested Hawkeye go get her, I think that's what kind of made him team Cap. And also, like, they wouldn't have put him on the same team as Black Widow. That was not going to happen. That wouldn't have been interesting. Cool. Okay, so I'm going to ask my couple of questions. So who do you think they should have brought in for either team? If you had to pick one character that they didn't bring in, whether they currently exist in the MCU or where they existed at that point, or if you can pull them from the comics, 
if you could have one person on each team, who would you pick? Wow. Well, let me preface this comment by saying that uh, in the comic, Hawkeye was in fact Team Iron Man and Black Panther, and Sp- Black Panther was in fact Team Cap, hmm. and Spider-Man. Oh, oh gosh, this is already so confusing. Central part of the entire plot. Tony Stark got him on his team early and got him to give up his secret identity to the world and say that joining the, it was called in the comics, it was called the Superhero Registration Act. What? So the, the Spider-Man mm. gave up his secret identity, said the SRA was a good thing, and then promptly got sued by like dozens of people. <laughs> but also in the comic books, like villains were made to register as well. And the villains oh, that did wow. register were basically put under Iron Man's command and they were hunting down heroes who hadn't registered. And when Spider-Man found that out, he switched and went to Team Cap. Oh, shit. So it was pretty intense. That is uh, intense. But yeah. the same thing, the, the Fantastic Four was also central. And I know MCU didn't have them at the time. Mm. But um, a lot of it was kicked off. The whole thing was kicked off because a group called the New Warriors was doing a reality show. And they were fighting villains in a reality show. And one of the villains blew up a town in Connecticut, killing 600 people. And that's what prompted the Superhero Registration Act. Wow. But because that happened, it turned public opinion against superheroes. And the human torch was beat into a coma outside a club. Um, Then Reed Richards took Iron Man's side. And Sue Richards took Cap's side. And the thing went to France. He's like, I'm done with all (laughs) this. He left I'm just going to go to France. Of all places, yeah. I'm just going to go to France. Yeah, I'm going to oh France. Oh, my God. I'm going to France. I'm Don't sorry. do drugs, kids. Now I just think of uh, what movie was that? Evan Almighty or Bruce Almighty when he's like, and my tiny little nipples went to France. <laughs> <laughs> when he's like, blah, 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 on the news. <laughs> he makes him say all no. that stupid shit. Yeah. <laughs> I derailed the train, guys. I did it. I did it. This is my ADHD at work. You're welcome. <laughs> I would uh, I would add for Team Cap, um, I would add Luke Cage. Um, he was on Team Cap in the comics. He's one of my favorite heroes. Um, Danny Rand was also Team Cap, but he was not Iron Fist at the time. He was filling in his Daredevil for Matt Murdock, which is weird. Uh, but, that uh, is weird. But they were both wound up Team Cap. I would take either of those guys for team cap because power man and iron fist was one of my favorite comics so either one of them would have been okay um and then uh for for team iron man um i kind of wish they would have had hank pym yes big in the comics but in the comics he was secretly or the hank pym in civil war anyway was secretly a scroll (gasps) oh shut up Civil War led to so many different, like, big comic events. The Secret Avengers, (laughs) the Thunderbolts, the Secret Invasion, where the Skrulls took over the identities of so many superheroes. All of those things came out of Civil War. Back when the Skrulls were actual bad guys in the comics, and not now where they're only, like, a little bit of a bad guy. Well, I was going to ask that because I heard that Hank Pym was, like, not a good guy in the comics always. No, he not always. Um, he was, didn't he like comics. abuse his wife too he or did. something? 
He beat his wife. Oh my God. I can't awful. imagine that. Like which, in the, which was from a, the movies. Like that's so crazy. Which was a big thing for a comic to have it in, in the seventies and eighties. I bet. Comics mm. just didn't talk about that sort of thing back mm. then. So when it came out that Hank Pym was, was beating, um, you know, Janet Van Dyne, like everyone was like, what? She actually left him for Tony Stark for a little while. Too, <gasps> in the comics. That's why he hates him in the MCU. I'm just oh, <laughs> yes. Oh, that makes so much sense. Oh, my God. Kidding, kidding, kidding. No, but really, it would. <laughs> but I would have yeah, loved would. to see the scroll version of Hank Pym. Oh, my God. That would be so amazing. War. Can we get the beard with like the green at the same time? Is that a possibility or? I don't know. I, I suppose they're shapeshifters. They can keep a beard if they want. My dad should be a scroll for Halloween. Yes. <laughs> yes. So that was uh, that was question number one for me. Question number two is: um, Would this had they gotten the rights to the X Men, would this have been a good place to plug that, or would it have been too rushed? No. Well, the X Men mm. weren't really a big part of the story in the comics, okay. so it would have been forced for one thing, and right. rushed. So yeah. rushed and forced. So it would have been kind of like. I thought um, Wolverine was a part of the original Civil War storyline. Am I mistaken? Uh, Wolverine was, but not a big part of it. Okay. He came in near the end and joined the Secret Avengers. Gotcha. Chaps team. All right. Easy question, easy answer. And then the last one I have is, so we know how you feel about Civil War, but how did you feel about it when it came out in 2016 versus now? Has any of your opinions changed on it? What does that look like? Some of it. Some of it. I appreciate certain parts of it more. I think like with a lot of movies that like I loved the comic and the movie was like literally nothing like the comic in a lot of respects. And part of that had to do with the character rights that they owned and didn't own. Mm. Um, You know, so they had to create, you know, something similar like you know, the new warriors had never been introduced in the MCU yet. So to have them be the catalyst for it wouldn't have made sense. So they, you know, fought Ultron and, you know, in Sokovia. So they had the Sokovia Accords. That made more sense for where the MCU was going, but it wasn't what actually happened in the comics. And I'm kind of a, a purist as much as possible when it comes to comics. I want to see the characters with the same names the same powers the same personalities um i want to see the events that are similar but that's i think because of my ocd and also because i like to know how things are going to end um and (laughs) if i've read all the comics i already know how they're going to end but but i think uh you know they did a lot better of a job on certain things than i gave them credit for at first um like i did like how they built so many of the characters and I know it was a two and a half hour movie, but with a dozen different characters, you know, not not to mention characters like Shannon, you know, Sharon Carter and 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 Ross, um, it's hard to do character development on that many. Mm. And uh, and they managed to introduce Spider Man, you know, make him as fun loving as he is in the comics and and quippy and all of that. Um, they managed to introduce Black Panther and, and give his character like immediate gravitas. Mm. Um, and, uh, you know, so they dove really deep into Tony and Cap 
um, giving them each a trigger for their position um, so that it made more sense instead of just saying, oh, I'm against it. Oh, I'm for it. Um, there's a why. Because, you know, if there wasn't a reason, Tony Stark never would have been for that. Right. And, uh, you know, he always, you know, he was the one who was questioning S.H.I.E.L.D., he was the one who was like, you know, you guys aren't the good guys. You're building weapons. I'm going to infiltrate your system and prove you're lying. Um, you know, so why all of a sudden does he, you know, want to switch sides? I think it's because his guilt over what happened in Sokovia because he created Ultron against everyone, you know, against most of the other of the rest of the team's, you know, better judgment. And then you know, this woman brings it home personally with the death of her son. And right. so I think that primed him to be like, yeah, um, not so much that we need to be reined in, but I need to be reined in. Right. And, you know, since I'm Tony Stark, if I need to be reined in, everybody needs to be reined in. So, <laughs> That's ego for you. Yep. Because he's always got the ego. Does anyone have any orange slices? Because I'm gonna need some after this. How long this podcast was? <laughs> how was that? Not bad, right? Oh, that no, made me. Great. That made me laugh so hard when he said it in the movie. So that was perfect. So unfortunately, we have to wrap this one up. Uncle Ron, thank you so much for coming back. Yes, we were super excited thank to have you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thank you for you know your your vast knowledge on the original um, Civil War comic as well as your knowledge on you know the current MCU affairs. You know, we, we super appreciate it. And uh, if, if we happen to uh, need your uh, Avengers assistance for Endgame Pod, would you possibly be interested in that? I'd be interested, but I'm not a big expert on it. I didn't read the Endgame comic. All right. I could just give you my opinions on the movie. We'll take but it. Before I leave, I can <laughs> blow your mind one more time. Do it. Yes. Do it. In the comics, Tony Stark was behind just about everything leading to Civil War. He Ooh. wanted the Superhero Registration Act. He kept it in the people's minds and wow. he jumped on it when that accident happened to be a catalyst. Wow. He even at one point paid a supervillain to attack him and had Spider-Man save him <gasps> to keep it in the forefront. Stop. Didn't somebody Don't just start. do that in actual news? It was anyway. like, oh, what probably. The heck? There was so many "what the heck are you thinking, Tony?" moments in that series. He was almost like a bad guy. Sounds like it. Well, mind blown. It's freaking nuts. <laughs> That's crazy. But thank you for having me. It's always fun yes, to get yes. together. Yes, with thanks you guys. for being here. Heck yeah, thank you for being here. So um, as this podcast draws to a close, I want to um, let everyone know that our upcoming podcast is going to be. Uh, the Spider-Man Homecoming one. So go ahead and tune into that and we'll uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode. In the meantime, check us out on Instagram as at Spectre underscore radio and on Facebook as Spectre Radio. Be sure to submit your questions via social media for a chance to hear us answer them on our upcoming segment, Ask the Avengers. This is Spectre Radio signing off.